Welcome to 30 Minutes from 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Shager. My guest today is Amalia Mora, PhD. She's a manager for the University of Arizona Consortium on Gender-Based Violence and also faculty with the Human Rights Practice Program. Welcome. Thank you, Amanda. These are some very fairly new yet beginning to be established programs at the university. Uh, how did the Consortium on Gender-Based Violence come into being? Well, it first came into being uh, because it was a, actually a, an idea that doctors Monica Casper and Melissa Vito had years ago. Uh, Dr. Casper had wanted to start it, I believe, when she was at Vanderbilt University. And then once she met Melissa here at the U University of Arizona, uh, decided to move forward with the idea. And uh, in 2017, I came on board and we are, you know, we had a very small team and we designed a conference. And through that conference, we're able to have a kind of soft launch of the center, establish ourselves as an official center at the university. We were lucky enough to get Dr. Elise Lopez hired as our director and have since expanded our staff and our programming. What does programming look like for you today? Well, uh, you know, it's always changing based on the needs of university. And so we have several different areas that we work in. So we work in research. Um, Dr. Lopez is the um, primary researcher on several very large grants looking at bystander prevention. So how, uh, how people are able to respond in certain situations when other people might potentially be victims of gender-based violence. Um, and also looking at other kinds of prevention work on college campuses. So she's leading a lot of pilot projects that are government funded and through the consortium. And then, so we have some research projects going on. We also have an innovation fund project that we lead. Those are really great. And we provide seed funding for different individuals to pilot their programs or research. So, and, and usually the research programs have an applied focus, right? So it wouldn't just be research for um, a, a paper, right? An academic paper they wanted to publish or research for a graduate uh, program, but it would be something like, you know, a pilot study looking at how colleges, um, how college prevention programs are effective, right? Something like that, or how uh, domestic violence response works on campus. And then let's say that project might focus on, well, how to make that response even better. And the person might come up with a manual, for example, a white paper on how to make those practices even better. So several of the projects that we are that we were that we funded are super diverse and interesting. Um, one is an economic empowerment project for domestic violence victims, for example, that's led by Dr. Um, Nagar Katarai. Um, there's another really interesting project on looking at um, 
um, sexual education aimed at fraternity and sorority programs on campus. So these are all, um, a lot of them are pilot studies. So they'll involve small focus groups, testing out certain uh, programming and then seeing how effective those are. And a lot of our innovation fund projects have the goal of eventually becoming institutionalized, right? So they're starting off as these little focus group studies if they work then the goal is to have the university actually develop these on a larger scale for all students. So for example, the one looking at um, sexual education in fraternity and sorority, the goal would be eventually to have all students have this uh, positive sex education programming, not just fraternity and sororities. And we have several other really fascinating projects. We have a really interesting program led by Dr. Patricia Gonzalez um, on creating a rapid response network for indigenous women, looking at uh, the ways in which indigenous women both on campus and off are disproportionately impacted by gender-based violence and their goal is to create uh, a network and a plan of actually tackling the, this vulnerability to violence and so they have been getting together in focus groups throughout the year which will end in an end of year summit and they'll have an action plan in place at the end of it to looking at how to really build this community aimed at this goal of eradicating violence against indigenous women. So those are just some examples of some of the projects that we have funded. Of course, COVID did put a wrench in a lot of these projects that required or that would really thrive through in-person gathering, but it's been amazing to see how resourceful all of the different PIs on this project have been in continuing them in spite of COVID. But of course, uh, so, you know, we, we are uh, still very excited about the programs and just so thrilled that they've been able to still continue in spite of this national and global crisis we're going through. You're listening to 30 Minutes from 91.3 KXCI Tucson, and our guest today is Amalia Mora. She's the manager for UA Consortium on Gender-Based Violence, and it's just amazing to hear all those different programs that are have already started or are developing or incubating. Talk about the need for these programs and how is this different than what might have existed before for gender-based violence programs or for students, for their wellness? Well, so before the founding of the consortium, there actually, for example, were no survivor advocates on campus. Survivor advocates are really important because they provide confidential support to students who have been victims of sexual harassment, sexual violence, stalking, domestic violence. And we know statistically that students are not likely to report to the Title IX office for various reasons. Um, and so, but we don't want them to not get help, right? And what the survivor advocates do is they provide 
the ability for students to figure out what they want to do. Maybe they want to report. Maybe they want to uh, seek medical uh, support. Maybe they need to figure out if they need to get different kinds of housing, right? So these confidential advocates are able to almost give them a roadmap, right? And without these advocates, students really will end up often just not having anywhere else to go or not feeling like they have anywhere else to go or guidance. So this is really crucial. And I guess the consortium has several goals. One of them is to provide seed funding for innovative programming and research. So the consortium provided the seed funding for the establishment of the survivor advocacy program, which then became part of the institution, right? So our goal is to provide the university with evidence-based research to show uh, you know, that there are certain kinds of programming that are very effective and crucial. And the survivor advocacy program was one of them. And so uh, in terms of also prevention programming, Dr. Lopez has been working with campus on coming up with, you know, brainstorming different ideas about possible prevention work that we could implement on campus. And, you know, campus sexual assault and domestic violence and stalking are ubiquitous across all campuses. Obviously, it's not just one university. And so having these programs is so critical because if we can not only uh, you know, help survivors of violence, but prevent the violence in the first place, I mean, that makes all the difference in students' lives, both obviously in terms of academic performance, but mental well-being. Uh, like the Innovation Fund program, for example, that is focused on positive sex education does target freshmen who are disproportionately impacted by violence within the first few semesters of their years here. So that also becomes a critical piece. But also I kind of wanted to talk about, if I can, um, some of the other kinds of stuff that we do, which is more under my wheelhouse. And when Monica and Melissa first started the consortium, they really wanted to not only sort of be this hub for um, programming and research. Um, and by programming, I mean prevention and response. So preventing violence, responding to violence, uh, researching what works, what doesn't work, and then encouraging the university to implement some of that research uh, and programming, but also to have a pedagogical arm. So to have a kind of teaching component, an academic component, and then also to come up with other ways that students can engage in this uh, topic and with, within the field of gender-based violence according to their different disciplinary interests. One really exciting accomplishment that we just completed was the establishment of a new master's certificate in gender-based violence. And we at the consortium collaborated with the Human Rights Practice Program to create this master's certificate. And the Human Rights Practice Program is absolutely innovative and really 
like no other academic program I've ever seen. Um, we have guest speakers that are experts in their fields from around the country and world who come and are able to interact with our master's students and to talk about each specific field uh, in different cultural and you know, political contexts. So this program was really exciting uh, for us to pair with because students are able to gain an understanding of the nature and scope of gender-based violence, prevention and response work, and also to understand how that prevention and response work uh, functions and works in different contexts around the world. And to come up with, I, you know, to, to really establish an idea of how to eradicate what is really a global pandemic. I mean, gender-based violence is, right? So, that's been a really exciting development. Uh, we launched the certificate program this semester. So the first course has already started. I happen to be teaching it. Uh, we have a really exciting course next semester on um, working with communities on research about gender-based violence. And then in the summer, uh, there's going to be a course on uh, femicide, which is the murdering uh, of women because they are women uh, in very general terms. So um, those are the three core courses of the program. And then we're gonna start building out electives like we hope to build out one on gender-based violence and the law, best practices for medical and social service providers. Now, of course, in the core course that I'm teaching, I go over all of that. So I talk about best practices. I talk about law, both within the US and other contexts. We look at alternatives to the criminal justice system, like restorative justice, community accountability programs. We look at who is most impacted, you know, marginalized communities and uh, how to make sure that that prevention and response work really targets those who are most marginalized and vulnerable to gender-based violence. Um, we also look at uh, things like healing and um, you know, healing from gender-based violence. My, my background is in music and dance. And so my, a lot of my research has looked at how music and dance is used to help survivors and those who've experienced violence. And so the, the, the core courses are a lot more broad and then we're going to really develop electives throughout the next couple of years that are much more specific, but we're just so excited about the program. Again, because this had been such a goal for so long of the consortium to develop a pedagogical arm and now we have it. So we're super excited about that. The certificate program is really exciting because it's the first program that we know of that teaches gender-based violence from a human rights perspective. And we're also really excited because it will provide students at the UA who would have normally left to go to other schools, other graduate schools, the opportunity to stay at the UA and uh, focus on you know, looking at their research through the lens of gender-based violence. So that's really exciting. And then another uh, recent 
uh, accomplishment that we want to celebrate is we are about to launch a special online issue on gender-based violence. The consortium partnered with the Sonora Review, which is one of the oldest graduate student-run literary journals in the country. And our goal really with partnering with them was, you know, you have all these people in different fields who who look at gender-based violence, but don't really talk to each other. And so the goal of this journal was to, or this special issue was to bring different voices, different expert voices together. We solicited works from a wide range of mediums and disciplines, and we got some really fascinating submissions. And so some of the submissions are, uh, you know, literary uh, works of fiction and poetry. We also have some fascinating nonfiction works. And so we're really excited about launching this next week. As part of this collaboration, we uh, had a uh, contest, a nonfiction context contest, which was judged by the activist and author Lacey Johnson. And the winner uh, received a prize and uh, their piece will also be printed in Sonora Review's next print edition. And so that's super exciting as well. Um, Lacey Johnson wrote, has written uh, amazing works on gender-based violence. And so we were so privileged to have her as a judge in that. Um, and the theme of the issue is extinction. And the call to writers and uh, contributors was to reflect on the relationship between various forms of extinction. So for example, related to climate change or mass shootings and gender-based violence. And I think the works that we are going to showcase really touch on that intersection so beautifully, so powerfully. So we're just so excited about launching this issue. You're listening to 30 Minutes from 91.3 KXCI Tucson and speaking with Amalia Mora, who is the manager for the UA Consortium on Gender-Based Violence and faculty with a human rights practice program at the University of Arizona. Amalia, I can't imagine anybody more dynamic and more accomplished to uh, manage these programs with all the work that you're doing and uh, taking it from starting as an idea with others, but for helping to shape that over the past three years? Well, it's it's been such a journey. And, you know, of course, uh, I, I bring a perspective from the arts I came into the field, if you want to call it, of gender-based violence very tangentially. I was doing research in India, and when I was there, an incident that's known as the Delhi gang rape happened, uh, and a young woman was brutally raped and beaten on a bus. And it, that incident really created almost a Me Too movement before Me Too happened here in the U.S., in India, and everyone started talking about sexual harassment and sexual violence. And I was working with these young women who were dancers and they had always faced a lot of sexual harassment and violence, but they hadn't really felt permission to talk about it. And that incident 
because it it gained such national attention, almost made everyone feel like they had a platform to start talking about this. And so I knew at that very moment, you know, this is going to be a central part of my research and work. And it's a subject I'd always been really passionate about, but hadn't thought it would be part of my research necessarily. Um, so when I came to the consortium, you know, Monica and Melissa were just so great about saying, okay, well, you're bringing this perspective from the arts. So how do you want to maybe integrate that into how the center actually looks, right? What was great was when Dr. Elise Lopez was hired, she is just such an expert in her field of violence prevention and looking at campus sexual assault and best practices. And so she, of course, brings just such great um, expertise and public health knowledge in shaping the consortium and all the research that we do. And so it's just been this really fascinating process of developing a center that you know leads the way in best practices and research, but also provides students from different disciplines opportunities to look at this topic. And as somebody who comes from the arts and thinking, well, I don't know, how would I get involved in this if I come from the arts? You know, so encouraging students to use things like if you're a documentary filmmaker. Or, you know, how would you maybe want to make an interesting film about this? Or, you know, so I work with a lot of students who come from the arts who want to look at this, but don't really know how to marry their two interests. Um, and so, um, you know, or how could we create innovative healing programs that maybe integrate dance uh, or, you know, this this journal, like how how what what might creative writers or or writing creatively, how might that help? people, right? And how might that also help get the word out? You know, there's a lot of research out there that ends up just in a scientific journal or ends up in a particular disciplinary journal. So one of the goals also of this journal was to actually access as many people and readers as possible. And so that I think we we definitely accomplished. Um, and, you know, we've done other things like we've hosted art exhibits where we solicited art on the subject of gender-based violence specifically, you know, that prompt was to kind of look at how women and victims of gender-based violence can be erased um, after they go through certain experiences. Um, we've also had dance and movement workshops for survivors of gender-based violence. So we brought in somebody who has a lot of knowledge about the actual um, physical trauma in the body and how we carry it as survivors, and then how dance and movement actually helps to expel that trauma for our body. So we were able to host that event. That, that event actually happened right as COVID-19 was hitting, right after we you know, all were working from home. So we ended up hosting it on Zoom but it was great. Um, so, <laughs> so we keep plugging along in spite of COVID, you know, and so we're really happy that we've been able to do the things that we've been able to do in spite of everything happening right now. How does your work at the university impact the local Tucson community? That's a great question. Um, I would say that the primary, uh, you know, I, 
there's two answers, I guess. One, in one way, you know, the students are also part of the Tucson community, of course. So uh, they are um, by by um, accessing our resource and and uh, working with us are also interacting with the community and are part of it. But I would say that primarily the way in which the community is impacted is through our um, innovation fund. So we always, a lot of our projects have a community-based um, focus. So, you know, but Dr. Patricia Gonzalez's focus is, not, is on UA student, indigenous students, but also indigenous communities and br bringing those two groups together. Um, Nagar's project on the domestic violence law clinic serves victims of domestic violence who are community members and students. So all of our projects have a community component to them for the most part, and are really striving to, to bridge that gap. And again, to really help those who are most vulnerable to violence, both on and off campus. Amalia Mora, what else should we know about your program? I would say that as more and more national attention is being given to the importance of looking not only against really egregious forms of violence like sexual assault, but also the larger cultural culture of misogyny in the country. I think now more than ever, a center like ours is so critical and a program, an academic program like the Human Rights Practice Certificate in Gender-Based Violence these kinds of programming, I think more and more people are realizing are so important and critical um, for understanding and eradicating gender-based violence. And of course, for helping survivors. And I think what I would just love to say about the consortium and all the different partnerships that we've been able to foment is that we are really trying to achieve those three goals, understanding gender-based violence, helping survivors, and ultimately working toward eradicating unnecessary harm inflicted upon people. And, you know, everybody is impacted by gender-based violence and everybody is impacted by misogyny. Men are harmed by misogyny, right? children are harmed by misogyny, women, LGBTQ plus communities. So we're ultimately working to make a better and more compassionate world. And of course, campus culture. And how can people find out more information? So to find out uh, more information about the consortium, you can go to gbv.arizona.edu. And to find out more about the Human Rights Practice Program, you can go to humanrightspractice.arizona.edu slash gender-based violence uh, to hear more about our graduate certificate program. And then uh, to uh, check out our new uh, publication on the Sonora Review, you can go to sonorareview.com and click on special in issue extinction. And the content of the entire journal is online and free, which is so exciting. So it will be able to reach 
as many people as possible, which is really great. We'll have to leave it there, but I look forward to having you let us know more progress in the future. Thanks so much, Amanda. I felt really honored to be here. You've been listening to 30 Minutes from 91.3 KXCI Tucson. Our guest today was Amalia Mora, PhD, Manager for the UA Consortium on Gender-Based Violence and Faculty for the Human Rights Practice Program at the University of Arizona. And we'll have the links to those programs and to the journal on our program page. You can listen to this and all recent episodes of 30 Minutes on the 30 Minutes program page at kxci.org. There you can subscribe to the podcast and find our social media links as well. Thank you for listening. I'm Amanda Schager.